0: Welcome to Have You Not Heard, a podcast hosted by licensed counselor and author of The Perfecting Storm, Angel H. Davis. Join her as she shares stories of hope and restoration from her 30-plus years of healing experience. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking your own licensed mental health professional, but a source of inspiration for your own journey. If you enjoy what you hear, be sure to like, subscribe, and rate this podcast. Now, here's Angel. Hey, you guys, welcome back. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As promised, I have real life stories of people's lives being transformed and the effect it has on those around them. Now, I wish I could have the person telling the story, because it would be so much more interesting. But because of ethics, I've been advised not to do that. So I, I've had people that are want to get their stories out, so they've written it up for me, so I get to share it with you from their heart to your heart. So without further ado, let me dive in to the first story. <music> Well, you guys, I was going to share another story about one of my first clients that had miraculous healing based on the integration of Holy Spirit and psychology. But then God reminded me there was a story that came before that, and that was my story. And the reason why I could offer this integration to my clients is because That integration is what healed me. So my healing happened through our marriage story. I was miserable in our marriage. It was stale. We didn't communicate well. We were basically like roommates. There was no great sin except for the sin of neglect, which uh, just like our relationship with God, um... If we don't nurture our marriage relationship, it will die on the vine also. If we put our energy into our kids or our um, jobs ahead of our marriages, then they will start to shrivel. But even before that, what had happened is I had gotten off the vine in relationship with God But I didn't know that was the problem. I thought the problem was I was miserable because my husband didn't treat me right. So I went on a journey to try to fix him, to change things that did not work. He is a kind of stubborn guy. He will not be manipulated by my great manipulation tactics, which were not godly at all. They were out of fear. Um, but I didn't know better and I could couch it in really nice psychological terms. So it looked good. It sounded good. I was helping other people in my office repair their marriages. I was trying those things at home, wasn't working. So in God's grace, after our first daughter was born, I started going back to church, getting hooked back into a Bible study and then going to church. So I started actively working on my relationship with Christ. It's not that I didn't believe, it was I didn't nurture the relationship. And uh, we weren't going to church. We were doing other fun things on Sunday morning instead of going to church, like swimming or golfing or sleeping late, whatever it was. So as God in his mercy was bringing me back into the fold, I started reawakening to faith. And as I talked about with Carolyn, she was instrumental in introducing me at that time to prayer. And so started um, pressing in with prayer and reigniting my faith. And then I I thought, okay, it's my husband's lack of faith, lack of relationship with God, that was a problem. So I started trying to manipulate him in that way. (laughs) Women, it doesn't work. (laughs) And if it does work, it won't have really good outcomes. We cannot, we do not have the power to change somebody. We do have the power to influence. And I'm going to talk about that in other podcasts. But, um, I was literally trying to make my husband be a different person, and now I know because he's godly, he would not bend to that. He would not be manipulated. I thought it was just because he was stubborn, which he is, and I am also, (laughs) but that's not the bottom line. The bottom line is he wouldn't be manipulated, and that left me feeling hopeless, like nothing can never change and nothing can ever get better do you see the picture I had tried all my psychological stuff and of course because I'm a psychologist I was working on my own psyche I was going did some counseling kind of stuff and working on my own issues um, and yet I had so many blind spots I didn't know I had But as I journeyed on that, and then as I got back in faith and I see him not changing, I think it's hopeless. And I think our marriage is dead. So I decided we needed to get a divorce because I didn't see anything changing. So in my mind, I had it all worked out what that would look like. And it would be a happy divorce. We would live in the same neighborhood. Our kids would be fine. You know, all this imaginary stuff. And when I went to tell Carolyn, my pastor friend, that that's what I was going to (laughs) do, she said, she looked straight in the eye, me straight in the eye and said, where in the Bible does it say you can do what you're talking about doing. And my head spun around. I knew the word enough because i had grown up and I'd studied it, even though I had lapsed in faith um, or study. But I knew there was nowhere, not biblically, why I wanted to leave. There was no biblical reason except for I was miserable and I had deemed our marriage dead. Because I had done everything I could do. Are you hearing this royal I? So she basically said, you can't do it. Not if you want to obey God. And I knew she was right. It was a very, very um, pivotal moment. And I thought, I am stuck and I'm going to be miserable the rest of my life. So I decided to be obedient, very rebelliously, and very miserably. Well, little did I know, (laughs) I didn't know God as the healer at that point. I did not know him like that. So he, in his sovereign grace, brought, it's a long story, so I'm going to cut it short. He brought in healing prayer into my life, and it was first to teach it. To um, give it away and to train up other people. And again, we alluded to that in our last podcast. And as we practiced, I began <laughs> to get transformed. Romans 12 2 says, Be transformed into a new person by the renewal of your mind. Well, that's what started happening. I started getting the lies I believed about myself. I wasn't enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I have to earn love. There, I had a fear of abandonment, rejection. So anytime my husband would look at me wrong or wouldn't say the right thing, that's the lens that I saw it in. And it just reinforced that he's going to leave me. He's going to abandon me. I'm not good enough. All that stuff. Um... So that played out a whole, a whole scenario in itself, but as God started healing me, I started seeing myself different and then again, empowered to believe I deserved better. So that was the next step. I deserve better and that didn't work so well either, but God continued to heal me and renew my mind and heal my heart. I had, um, preconceived notions about God about myself about my husband you know based on how I had been shaped and formed growing up and listen y'all we have an enemy of our soul Uh, first of all we are all sinners and so we hurt each other and we don't even mean to do that all the time it just happens through things that neglect, things that are said, Um, we don't even mean to hurt, but they are like arrows in our heart. And then Satan takes that and just plays a whole scenario out with that. So I had those lies and God uh, continued to heal them. He also continued to um, convict me of how I was treating my husband And, um, we did the love and respect thing. I talked about that on another podcast. So I feel like I've been talking to y'all about it already, but I haven't. Um, one of the other pivotal moments in my healing was when God convicted me, um, in Ephesians five, where it says, husbands love your wives. I don't have the scripture in front of me so I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase it as Christ loves the church and then wives respect your husband. Well, there is a great book and if you don't know about it you need to know about it called Love and Respect by Emerson Eggerichs. They also have written a book now that includes family and raising children and they've done other branches in their ministry. But it is game-changing. So basically, the idea is that as women, we're called to unconditionally respect our husbands. They are called to unconditionally love us. And what I've been taught, it's probably in that book, I can't remember, but I've been taught that we are um, commanded to do what doesn't come natural to us. And so that kills our flesh. That's part of dying to self, picking up our cross and following Christ so we can have the abundant life. So, unconditional respect. At that point, I did not feel like my husband deserved my respect. And God said, You will respect him because he's my son. And man, everything in me rebelled against that, except for I love God and I wanted to be obedient. So I basically, like a little kid, stomped my feet and said, fine, I'll start respecting him. And my husband will tell you that was a game changer for him as I began to unconditionally respect him. And I'll go into that later in another podcast also, because it's something that's really important. He his heart began to open up back to me. And so then I started receiving from him what all these years I've been trying to make him do, manipulate him, (laughs) coax him, plead with him, beg with him, all these things that Angel had been trying to get him to do. He naturally did because I started unconditionally respecting Him. But more than that, I started obeying my Heavenly Father. And when we get in alignment with God, things start flowing in our lives so much better. So that's the beginning of the healing. We had um, lots of healing to do, but um, it was a game changer. As I got my mind healed, my heart healed from past stuff, from preconceived notions, As my husband's heart started opening up to me through my first step of unconditionally respecting, then that was the soil that then we could start rebuilding with God's help. And he became the center. So we both then started actively pursuing our faith um, and started, he wasn't even going to church at that time. So we started going to church as a family. And things have just continued to build from there. And I'll, I'll tell you more about that as we go. But, um, yeah, God saved a dead marriage. I was ready to leave and I was serious about it. And my husband knew it and God brought in the provisions and where I thought nothing could change. And remember (laughs) I was helping people repair their marriages in my office. I know human nature. But I didn't know God's healing at that time, and now I do, and it is miraculous. So we often talk about how things would be so different for our daughters who are now grown. One has a, um, our first grandchild, but I remember our oldest daughter, the one that's married, um, talking about right before her marriage, just saying, man, I'm so glad Y'all work this out because this scenario would be so different for me if you hadn't. So that's one of the fruits of um, us sticking it out and letting God do what only he can do in a heart. Thanks for letting me tell part of my story. Let's hear from Sally. Sally. I am the oldest of six kids and a pastor's daughter. I grew up in a big church in a small town. To say I was a people pleaser is quite an understatement. Here's one of my recent stories of healing. About a year ago, I was down visiting my sister. And to give you a little bit of backstory, we were very close growing up and she had been a big help and support to me during my divorce. We have very different personalities. She's a go-getter, a mover, and a doer. I am a helper, which means I tend to put the focus on others and to help the hurting. I like to focus on emotions. My sister, almost the exact opposite. She's matter-of-fact, no fluff, what is done is done, and then move on. So my sister and I have had some arguments in the past, none of which have ever really been resolved. Can you see where this is going? In my eyes, I saw myself as her target. I was constantly trying to please her or win her over. Cue the people pleaser in me. And how she reacted to me triggered my belief that it was not enough that I had to prove myself. The more I tried, the less results I seemed to get from her. I never got from her what I wanted, what I would give her. So the enemy was trying to tell me Through my interpretations of her actions, if you aren't pleasing others, then you aren't enough. So I ended up feeling rejected in capital letters. So one day we were visiting about a year ago and it all hit the fan. We got in an argument as we got lost on our way home from a fun family trip with our kids Something was said that just set me off, and that was it. No more Miss Nice Girl for me. I lost it. I saw red. I started yelling, and all hell broke loose, literally. We went back and forth for all my kids to hear. Finally, my sister pulled over the car, and we all calmed down, but we drove home in a very uncomfortable silence, not talking about it. I asked her if we could go to counseling to discuss it, which at first she declined. My anxiety was out of the roof. I vacillated between believing she, we would never have a relationship again to being so mad at her and her selfishness, or at least what it appeared to me. So I kept praying and I got my own help. I kept dealing with that lie inside of me of what's wrong with me. I let God search my heart and change my mind, which helped me be more patient as I prayed for God to turn my my sister's heart. Before the anxiety was so high that I just felt this compulsion, like we had to do it, we had to do it or else, you know, meaning something bad would happen. But as God dealt with my heart and my mind and he assured me of who I was. In him then I could be more patient with the process so we finally um, some time later she agreed and we did a counseling session we talked it out we came to an agreement about boundaries and and you know our different personalities we began to understand each other in a different way and it took some time to feel normal and comfortable around each other again But through prayer, time, and space, the Lord has done a mighty work. And now we can have fun again together. Now it's like it used to be. No more barriers, no more walls, no more self-protection. So when we both gave God the room to work, her in her way, and me in my way, and I didn't demand for her to be like me and vice versa, He showed up in a big way. And now I have my friend back who also happens to be my sister. This story is from a middle-aged female. She's a mom. She's a career woman, been married for a while, has done life and done well through life. And yet she was struggling. We're going to call her April. Here's what she has to share. I will never forget the wave of nausea and thoughts in my head when my mother convinced me to meet with her counselor. Just describing it now brings back the physical sensations of the overwhelming fear. You know, it's like when you smell certain foods that bring back the feelings of pregnancy. My mom's words brought on thoughts that were so thick and powerful, I felt like I would smother She assured me across the lunch table that she had made so much personal progress through her counseling experience, which offered a combination of sound psychology with prayer, which allowed the Holy Spirit to be the counselor, as he says he is in scripture. It was certainly different from her and my previous experiences with counseling, not like we hadn't been before, but at that time, of our conversation all i could feel was nothing i felt flat empty blurry nothing however what my feelings were lacking my body made up for my body was experiencing all kinds of things racing heart sweaty palms pit in my stomach constant feedback from my body that something bad was happening next or was coming next I braced against it instinctively. Survival mode had become my normal. Each day I lived in a state of preparation for the next wave of tragedy that would come and surely this time would wipe me out for good. That's what it felt like. Nights were filled with blurry visions and recollections of fragmented memories that I kept trying to piece together but couldn't quite make sense of, and it just made the anxiety increase. It was like there were always blue lights and sirens and they were always coming for me or someone I loved. I would like to say all of this stemmed from one near death experience, which occurred during one of the birth of my babies, but it sure would be easier to understand if that were the case. But for me, there were layers of unresolved trauma and pain that had truly become unmanageable all of my life. I had tried to compartmentalize each event and file it away in my mind under a neatly printed and cataloged category. Divorce, addiction, eating disorder, death, domestic violence. But this near-death experience didn't fit under one category. It was unexplained, unexpected, and not an outcome of a cause-and-effect relationship. For the first time, I could not explain it. I could always explain the other life events. The divorce of my parents happened because two people couldn't have a meeting of minds. The eating disorder was my way to manage stress and elicit some sense of control. Domestic violence was an outcome of a very broken marriage following my parents' divorce. The alcoholism and drug addiction of family members was a result of a family history that plagued us from generation to generation. But the near-death thing eluded me. Hadn't I exercised, watched my diet, gone to church, prayed, been an obedient daughter? Weren't these the things that you did to maintain and guard your health? Didn't God see my efforts to please him? Why would he let this happen after everything else I had been through? I didn't even have the courage to voice these questions out loud. They just went round and round and round in my mind. Looking back now, I don't think I realize how deeply embedded these thoughts were in my soul. They became like a background program always on. I'm here to testify that the counseling I was so skeptical of, which included psychology and God's ability to heal through the Holy Spirit, ended up saving my life. Not only did it save my life, it restored a sense of equilibrium and purpose, and it affected my family positively. I want to share briefly uh, the transformation that occurred because of the God-ordained meetings that took place between a human counselor that allowed the Holy Spirit to be the counselor and me, a broken, hopeless woman. As we went through key memories of beliefs that have affected me, I came to understand and live in these truths. Number one, through the journey of healing, I learned that God does not require my constant striving for approval. He is quite satisfied with the work his precious son did on the cross for me. In closing, I want to say I am so enjoying access to Angel through her podcast. I know it's going to create a ripple effect, which I learned from Angel is exponential healing. When one person in a family experiences healing, it starts lavishly spilling over to other thirsty souls in the family, just more evidence of the power of Jesus. It's what Angel experienced in her own life and led me into, and now I pray countless others will experience the incredible freedom and redemption through Christ. Please know that you are never too far gone to receive God's healing. When I look at research and statistics, I should not be in the place I am today. I'm a living, breathing example of what God can do with very broken people. One person saw the possibility in my wreckage and spoke life over me and led me to Jesus who is life himself. And I pray as you listen to Angels Podcast that God will restore your hope and make you thirsty for a life of freedom in Jesus for your good and for his glory. And in closing, I want to close with 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Number two, I learned that forgiveness is one of the holiest transactions that happens on this earth, mostly for the person giving the forgiveness. Number three, I saw firsthand the resiliency of the human body, mind, and spirit, And how they can all be restored based on the work of the Holy Spirit. The one Jesus promised us in John 14 verses 15 through 17. And this is what it says. It says, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you. And will be in you. Number four. I see daily how Jesus abides with me. And that his very power is within me. The same power that resurrected him from the dead. Number five. I learned how so many of the beliefs I had were frozen in a childlike perspective. My feelings were stuck in the past. And the experiences were viewed through the lens of a child. So as God transform those i was able to be a mature adult seeing through mature lens and then reacted very differently to those i love and those around me and i could give unconditional love as god calls me to do wow april thanks so much for being willing to share what a powerful testimony i am moved almost to tears just reading it, and I experienced it with her. Um, But it is the power of Jesus to transform minds and hearts and lives. It is Isaiah 61 coming to life in real time. It is possible. You can have it. So I hope this encourages you to seek it out, whether it's just you and the Holy Spirit in prayer. He might do it that way. You might need to reach out to a mentor or pastor or counselor I don't know how he'll do it, but he will lead you. He is faithful. So press in to get all that you can from the Holy Spirit through the resurrection of Jesus and the sovereignty of God, because this is how we can change the world when we change our own lives. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I hope these stories encouraged you and I hope you will continue to seek out your own healing and freedom so that we can bring other people healing and freedom. We have a hurting world. They need it. So we are called to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul and love our neighbor as ourselves. So have a blessed week. I look forward to talking to you next week. And until then, it's Angel H. Davis signing off, and God bless.